You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Have you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Media, the AHL Report. Uh... This is episode 244 of The Press Zone, a, a proud affiliate of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, if you are are not familiar with them, be sure to check them out. And if that's how you found us, welcome aboard. We're glad to have you here today. Uh, my name is Amy Johnson. I'll be your host uh, today. I'm also the lead correspondent at the AHL Report. And I'm joined every week in the studio by our president and founder. And he's also our editor-in-chief across all Rocket Sports Media publications. He's the one and only Rick Stevens. Good afternoon. How are you doing today? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm doing all right. Mm-hmm. Happy belated Valentine's Day to you. Happy belated Valentine's Day to you too. And what about uh, Super Bowl? Um, did you have any wagers down with DraftKings about the Super Bowl? I did. I broke even. Okay. Basically, which Nothing is wrong fine. With that. Yeah. I'm all right with that. I had uh, I had four bets down. I won two of them. I lost two of them. So all right. Uh, worked out all right. <laughs> Uh, and the Rams won. I was hoping the Rams were going to win. Uh, being as I was, um, it, it was like a, a throwback to my teenage days. I totally dug the halftime show. Okay. And I know. you. I, I heard nobody watched it, but but okay, that's fine. Oh, stop <laughs> it. They did so. All right. Saw plenty of people being very excited about. I was happy the the Rams won. I think our team, our Rocket Sports team, um, was about evenly split. Was no, I think it was evenly split. We had yeah, we had some. uh, Both Cole and Brian were in on on the Bengals going for the underdogs. So that's true. That's true. Yeah, the weekend was a bit of a blur. Saturday was um, a lot of hockey. A lot of hockey. uh, Three matinee games total this weekend between the Habs and the Laval rocket uh and you made me get up at the to do the the canadians connection at, of course like way early yeah. <laughs> so yeah the whole weekend was um a bit of a blurb so uh it was good though uh we've got a lot going on this week we've got a lot to talk about uh some things happened since the last time uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we got together here on the press zone uh should mention in terms of that canadians connection podcast uh Definitely go check that out. Uh, I was happy to co-host that episode with you. Uh, Michael Spinella also joined you for the big topic uh, on Saturday. And that's because in between the last time we all met here for the press zone and now, uh, Dom Ducharme is no longer employed by the Montreal Canadiens. That's not a surprise. It's that not. wasn't a surprise it to wasn't. anyone. No, uh, Marty St. Louis is his interim replacement. That's a huge surprise <laughs> to everybody. So we, uh, the three of us uh, collectively all broke that down, uh, I thought, pretty well uh, on Saturday mm-hmm. on the Canadians Connection podcast. So be sure to go check that out if you haven't already. Subscribe to the Canadians Connection on your favorite podcast app. Uh, and if you missed that episode, head over to canadiansconnection.fm and check that out. Uh, so ever since that happened... We're going to talk just briefly about that uh, in relationship to to the head coach of the Laval Rocket today. Uh, lots of Laval news to talk about. Uh, we're going to discuss the home series. It was basically a three-game series against uh, the Syracuse Crunch last week. We're going to talk about how that went. Uh, Sammy Niku played in his first games with Laval for the year. 
talk to you a little bit about that. Josh Brooke made his season debut, uh, which was great to see. Of course, uh, more big news out of Montreal was the trade that took place, uh, finally uh, getting a goaltender um, to uh, to kind of help <laughs> Help stop the bleeding a little bit in Montreal, perhaps. Uh, that allowed Caden Primo to get sent back down to Laval, where he's uh, desperately needed to be for quite a while. So um, we're going to talk about Caden's uh, performance in Montreal and what needs to happen for him and what is going to happen for him now that he's back with the Rocket. We've got lots of audio to bring you today from Coach uh, Jean-Francois Ull, from Caden Primo himself, from Josh Brook. Lots of good things to, uh, to bring you. Uh, and Rick and I are going to explore the question of whether or not uh, we think and or you think Cole Caulfield should spend some more time in the AHL this season. Um, In fact, you are welcome to chime in on this. Be sure to uh, tweet to us at the AHL report um, or at the press zone. Let us know what you think. Do you think Cole Caulfield would would be well served to spend a little more time in Laval this season, or do you think that uh, he should stay in the NHL? Uh, Rick and I are going to explore that here in the first segment. And then uh, it, after we take a break and hear from our sponsors over at DraftKings, uh, we're going to catch you up on how the Habs prospects are doing over in Beijing for the Winter Olympics and get you all set for some Laval Rocket coverage this week. So lots of great stuff to talk about today. Looking forward to it. Uh, The breaking news, however, uh, I should mention right out of the gate, is that if you thought the COVID-19 postponements were were over, guess again. Uh, Just breaking this afternoon, just was announced by the AHL. Uh, In fact, you know, Laval hit the ice for practice this morning. Uh, They were even tweeting out video and photos and saying getting in one more practice before we get on the bus to head for Belleville. Uh, They were slated to play the Belleville Senators in Ontario tomorrow night um, on Wednesday night. But uh, who knows if they actually got on the bus or not, because it was announced that that game has been postponed due to COVID-19 protocols affecting the Laval Rocket. Uh, Laval going one step further. I'm appreciating the transparency on this uh, and confirming that Four players and one staff member have been put into COVID-19 protocols. Um, yikes. And there's... Here we go well, again. Uh, speculating, but there there may be some expectation that that's the number so far. Um, well, yeah. And um, because, yeah, the this wasn't just a single case. Uh, otherwise, no. they wouldn't have, have uh, uh, postponed the game. Um, so... Four players, one staff member. I just want to say why. <laughs> like the game, they're playing so many games this month as it is, as makeup games from the first round of postponements. Uh, and here we go again. So that's just the breaking news. We'll talk about their schedule for this week in the second segment, but that's breaking right off the top. Wanted to be sure to tell everyone that. Um, but looking back at last week, they had three games at home coming off of that uh, extended road trip where they actually. Uh, they, they did all right, uh, didn't end that road trip very well, uh, but came home very strong three games against the Syracuse Crunch, who are, at the best of times, always a challenging team to play against. They were a team that they were battling for positioning within the division, uh, and they swept them, Rick. I mean, it was, they completely shelled them on Wednesday night. It tightened up on Friday. They got an overtime win on Friday. Uh, and then a, a pretty wide margin win again on Saturday afternoon. Kevin Polan getting all three starts for the week. Um, he's actually, uh, he's performed pretty well um, for JF Ull, and the players have been very appreciative, appreciative of him as well. Um, we had mentioned... In the previous week, actually, you had mentioned last week on the show that the difficulties that they had had the previous week while they were on the road was that they were constantly chasing the game. Uh, they weren't getting good starts. J.F. Ull had commented on that after after some of the games and so forth. And so Wednesday morning last week, um, after the morning skate, um, I asked J.F. Ull, is it equally important this week, particularly since you only have one opponent for all three games this week, to come out of the gate uh, ready to play again uh, and and not fall back into that habit like you did last week. And here's what he said. Yeah, yeah. We talked about it this morning, just uh, five minutes ago. We brought the team in after a pregame skate and 
we talked about our starts and we need to have a good start here, get our legs going in our own building. And uh, we, we can't be uh, playing cat uh, from behind every game. It's, it's, it takes a lot out of you. It takes a lot of energy. So hopefully tonight we could come out uh, strong and uh, hopefully score the first goal. And they did that. They did just that. Cam Hillis did that. <laughs> yeah, and and Cam 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 Hillis, as we know, has been always oh, been in the ECHL. Had a, a look in the NHL um, and uh, back in the AHL, and um, yeah, he got the team off to a, a great start. Right on his uh, scored on his first shift, less than two minutes into the game, he went on to score two goals that night. It was. Uh, uh, after the game, J.F. Wool said that it was definitely the best game that he has seen Cam Hillis play all season, and he even went as far to say if he keeps playing like that, he'll find himself in the lineup a lot more often. Um, he's only played 13 games for Lavelle, and and on a half a point a game pace, um, he's done pretty well for four goals, two assists. Absolutely, um, and hopefully that's going to continue uh, as soon as they can get playing again. Um, we have full... Um, Game recaps, of course, for all three of those games over at AHLReport.com. I highly uh, recommend and invite you to go check those out if you haven't already. Uh, uh, Chris G. was in the building all three nights uh, doing the post-game interviews, uh, did the recaps on Friday and Saturday. I did the game recap for Wednesday. Uh, you'll you'll get lots of information, lots of statistics, and, of course, uh, lots of post-game audio from J.F. Uhl, and uh, player, different players after each game. So you want to be sure to check that out. Uh, now, Rick Samuniku found himself down in Laval uh, last week. And we talked about this la- on last week's show uh, because we had had a chance to um, speak with Samuniku last Tuesday morning prior, uh, just after his first practice. And he seemed to be pretty excited to to maybe get some more uh, opportunities to play, some more ice time, getting to play in, on special teams and so forth. Um, and... So far, he's uh, he's looked pretty good in the three games he played last week. He's got an assist, um, and I thought that he looked pretty strong out there. And in particular, the points will come because he's getting opportunities. But uh, in those games, he was sent to to work on his his gap, um, mm-hmm. getting stick in the sticks in the defensive zone, and we we saw that he was able to do that. Uh, much better than he was able to do that at the NHL level. Absolutely. Um, J.F. Ull went as far as to say uh, that he liked his game a lot. He said he was, quote, poised with the puck. Uh, also mentioned that uh, he noticed a lot of good breakouts for Sammy Nico. So all all things trending in the right direction and, and maybe some time in the AHL is just what Sammy Nico has needed uh, this season. So we'll see how that progresses. Now, uh, it's no secret that Josh Brook has been cleared to play for a little while now. Uh, remember, he's he's not yet played this season, still rehabbing uh, from his injury from last year. Um, but he did travel with the team uh, on the last leg of the, this past road trip to keep practicing. Um, last week, J.F. Uhl said he still wasn't going to put him into the lineup yet. He wanted him to go through some, quote, hard practices, wanted his teammates to really kind of run him through the mill during rough him up basically he said i want i want his teammates to really take it to him in practice and 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 get him get him ready uh but then suddenly uh as josh brooke tells us he found out about 10 minutes prior to saturday afternoon's game that he was going to be playing uh ended up going in as the seventh defenseman uh, so he made his season debut. He, he wasn't even on the lineup sheet that night, Rick. I mean, that's <laughs> it. No one knew uh, until J.F. Wool called him aside, uh, probably just after warmups, and said, uh, "You're, you're, you're, you're going to play." <laughs> uh, so good for Josh Brook uh, making his season debut. I asked him uh, just yesterday morning how he's feeling physically, and uh, needless to say, I should say, uh, J.F. Wool used the word rejoice when describing what Josh Brooks attitude has been like at, at practice, I guess he's just rejoicing that he's being able to, to play again and get back with his teammates. Um, and so Josh Brook was, I haven't seen, it was really nice. I haven't seen Josh Brooks smile as much as he did in yesterday's press conference. Um, and so when I asked how he's feeling, he was very, very upfront about it. Um, I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, there, it's, it, my body's not a hundred percent yet, but it's, it's coming along as, as it goes. But, uh, 
I'm I'm feeling good on the ice and um, just got to keep working and keep getting stronger still. And um, but no, it feels good and I'm I'm happy to be out there. It, it was no secret that um, that Joe Bouchard was not a fan of Josh Brook and and Josh Brook went through some tough times. We, we saw him deployed as a forward. Yeah, um, he was all over the place. Uh, his ice time, all of that. Uh, and then he gets a new opportunity uh, come this fall and and starts uh, on season opening IR and and that's continued uh, till uh, this past week. So uh, yeah, for him seeing him on the ice, seeing um, as you said, all smiles in in the in the presser. Uh, he's really excited to be back. And, and good for him for being able to laugh. Well, the body's not quite a hundred percent yet, but it's it's all good. I feel good, and I'm ready to go. Um, I I I got a chuckle out of out of that response. Um, now, of course, as we as I said uh, a little earlier, Kevin Poulin got all three starts uh, this past week, partially because uh, you know Gindon just doesn't have as as much experience. Uh, did not have a great showing against the Belleville Senators on Saturday night. Kevin Polan, on the other hand, has has played decently. And this past week were probably three of his better games that he's played for Laval this season. Um, but that's, again, been a stopgap for J.F. Uhl because both of his regular goaltenders, Caden Primo and Michael McNiven, have not been available. Um, we know that it's been a really rough go of things for Caden Primo. Uh, it's, 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 well... Goaltending in general for the Montreal Canadiens has been a nightmare this year. Um, and so finally, Rick, we see a trade. Um, it sent Brandon Baddock out. Uh, Brandon Baddock, after he just scored a scored a goal, um, does not come into the lineup on Saturday. But uh, Brandon, Baddock come, Brandon Baddock out of the organization. And who did they bring in in their trade? Ken Hughes in a jam for goaltending. Um, and uh, so he goes to his good friend, uh, Bill Guerin. They are very good friends. Um, and, uh, and, and asks for some help. Andrew Hammond, uh, also known as the Hamburglar, which uh, if you've been on social media, that's been repeated over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he was brought in. And, and uh, this was a move where... Uh, the Canadians did not want to add a contract. They're at 48 contracts out of 50. They wanted to keep some flexibility as, as they get closer to the trade deadline, uh, as they get closer to the NCAA season ending. So maybe, oh, maybe a Jordan Harris might have, they might have room for a Jordan Harris. Mm -hmm. Um, so they needed to ship an NHL contract out, um, Maybe strangely, uh, Brandon, Brandon Baddock <laughs> was was added to one of those NHL contracts yeah. last July. It was a two way deal, so he he's been playing mostly in in the AHL. Um, and uh, a little bit of toughness goes to Minnesota or the Iowa Wild, and um, the Canadians get a goaltender has a has NHL experience, but uh, you know Andrew Hammond hasn't uh, it's played been a while. in. Yeah, it's been a while since he's played in the NHL. Uh, but you know, uh, let him get, let him um, get beat up a bit, rather than uh, your prospect, Caden Primo, who has just been—he's had a dismal season at the NHL level. He has one win in eleven games. Uh, his goals against is close to five, four eighty-eight, and his save percentage dismal, eight sixty-six. So he wasn't—he um, wasn't competing well at the NHL level. Lots for him to learn. He needs lots more games at uh, the AHL level. And fortunately, and and I think a a real positive move, Kent Hughes was able to get him Mm -hmm. back to Laval. Absolutely. Uh, Andrew Hammond has played just 11 games this year for the Iowa Iowa Wild. Uh, His his stats are are average. They're pretty decent. Um, He was immediately recalled to Montreal, of course, allowing Caden Primo to be sent sent down. Um, And... You know, yeah, it's I I say the same thing. I, I echo what you just said. Kudos to, to Kent Hughes for getting this done first, uh, because it was if it wasn't obvious two or three or four weeks ago that this needed to happen, it became desperately obvious in this past week that Caden Primo was not doing anyone, including himself, any good by being in 
being kept in the NHL. Um, and we should just um, add Sam Montembeau uh, has a wrist injury. It's said that he may need surgery for that, um, but that that's being set aside for now. Um, but they didn't want Sam Montembeau in the net every night. And, and no. with Caden Primo struggling as much as, as he was and getting pulled three of, the, of his last four starts, um, something needed to be done. Absolutely. So Caden Primo reported to Laval for practice yesterday. Um, and, and, you know, of course, all eyes were on this practice. What's his demeanor going to be like? He's obviously not been made available uh, after Montreal Canadiens games for obvious reasons. Um, they Things were not going well. So um, he was made available to Laval Media yesterday morning. I was glad to be on that call. Um, and so all eyes were, what's his demeanor like? What's his attitude like? Um, you know, how much damage has been done? What's... One of my questions for for Coach Ull uh, was, you know, measure for me what you think his resilience capabilities are in, in a situation like this. So we've got some audio clips we're going to play uh, from a few different people, actually. But let's start with the young man himself, Caden Primo. Uh, here he's going. This is a this is two different um, quotes of his that are put together in this clip where he talks a bit about. Uh, how things went for him in Montreal, uh, things that he struggled with, and and what he plans to do with that experience. I wasn't the same goalie I was at the beginning of the year, um, so I'm excited to get back and and you know try to find my game and and uh, you know the biggest thing is um, I tried to pride myself on, on getting better every day, um, and uh, I learned so much. Uh, while I was up there. So um just gonna take that in stride and um, you know, try to build on, on my game down here and um just get better every day. Looking at it as a positive, um, you know, it's something I can use moving forward. Um I wanna I wanna be a great goalie, uh, you know, not only at, at this level but but the next. So um it sucks to go through, but um yeah, it's gonna gonna help uh, down the long haul. That's good. Um, you know, he wasn't learn. He wasn't getting better every day. Certainly not no. in in Montreal. So if he can do that in Laval, uh, that helps. His his um, just he he wasn't uh, his whole technique was was off. Mm-hmm. He was playing too deep. He was he was being too aggressive. He was overplaying. His his lateral movements were all over the place. He wasn't reading the puck well, so he was giving up lots of rebounds. Um, it, it it there was nothing working. Um, playing the puck that wasn't working either. Yeah. So all of those things, and he kind of has to take a step back. And um, and Marco Marciano, who he's very familiar with, is is there uh, for him to um, get get set again and 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 get confident again. Absolutely, and he did say that he is uh, excited to be back with Marco. Um, he did credit Eric Raymond uh, in Montreal. I asked him specifically. Uh, you know, this past week while you were there, in the midst of all this other turmoil you're dealing with, there was a coaching change, and so. Fortunately, your goaltending coach didn't change, and and he he admitted that yes, it was it was good to have Eric Raymond's steadying, consistent presence there through all of that, so that it, you know it wasn't too much of a distraction for him. But he did say he's excited to be back with Marco. The word he used, I want to say at least he definitely twice, perhaps three times in his entire press appearance yesterday about his self assessment in Montreal. He kept using the word overcomplicated kept saying I was overcomplicating things and that he needs to just get back to simplifying things um and he did also mention I need to I I know I need to work on using my size better to my advantage um so in terms of demeanor um he seemed he didn't seem down in the dumps I can say that um, he seemed genuinely happy to be back in Laval. Um, both JF Uhl and and we even asked Josh Brook how he was. Uh, both said that he had a great attitude. You're going to hear from Josh Brook here in a little bit. Um, so 
kind of moving forward. <laughs> but it, it, he admitted it was it was not easy to get through. In fact, uh, take a listen to this to this next audio clip where he talks about um, the resources around him that really helped him get through a very trying time in his pro career. I had a lot of people around me that uh, you know were were thinking of me and trying to help me, uh, uh, family, friends um staff and uh definitely the teammates uh, uh, i don't think there was one person that you know didn't come up to me and uh try to try to see how i was doing um everybody wanted to to help me so uh yeah super appreciative of uh of that and that's maybe some indication of uh the canadians who are going through a, a terrible season at least there isn't uh, dissension or or divisions within the locker room uh, that that through that they recognize that this would be a tough situation for uh, Caden. Um, he's just 22 years old, and and so uh, lots of players went out of their way to to come and check on him and and uh, and kind of cheer him up. Yeah, and I was I was really pleased to hear that. I was I was pleased to hear him say that he was appreciative of that. Um, and and as you say, it was indicative of the fact that despite everything that that locker room is slogging through in Montreal, that they they do also know they're all in it together, and they've they've got they've got each other's backs, which is nice. Uh, so JF Wool came to the microphone, and and he had plenty to say about uh, Caden Primo's first practice back with the team, and and what the work ahead for him is going to look like. His demeanor was excellent. Uh, I thought he was. Uh... You know, he had a big smile. He, uh, his whole thing was to, you know, try to save as many pucks as he can. So it was nice to see him, uh, you know, work hard and, and, uh, and, and try to save everything. He's a really good attitude. And like I said, in in French, he's going to work with uh, Marco Marciano here, who's been outstanding with goalies and, uh, you know, they're going to work on his mental work on, on ice stuff. And, uh, He'll bounce back. Uh, Prime's got uh, he's a strong, strong person. And, uh, you know, what happened in, uh, is behind them now. And I think we're going to just look forward to me. Every every player is important in this locker room. So for sure, I'm going to talk to him and have a few conversation. But, uh, you know, I don't want him to have too many voices right now and stuff. So I'll, I'll let Marco do his, uh, his work and, you know, I'll be there to support uh, whenever he needs me. Uh, the nice thing, I think. This hasn't always been the case where um, Primo has embraced enthusiastic, enthusiastically his demotion uh, to the AHL. Um, and here he seems to realize, uh, okay, you're right. Okay, you're right. <laughs> I need to uh, be here. I need to be here. And, and you know, truth be told, I'm happy to be here because um, I need to spend some time um uh, improving my game, so so I I think that's very positive. The other part, uh, just as kind of a side comment, uh, is about Marco Marciano, and yeah. and he's been kind of a forgotten guy, but the most consistent guy in Laval through all of the the coaching changes. Uh, and it was nice to hear uh, Jeffoul say his work is outstanding and has been outstanding mm-hmm. with goaltenders. And and Marco's been seeing, you know, a, 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 a kind of a revolving door of of people coming through that he's working with. So um, it's nice that that he got a bit of a nod there too. Absolutely. I also appreciated that uh, Jean Francois said, "I don't want Caden." talking about Caden, I don't want him to have too many voices right now. Mm -hmm. So yes, I'll have some words of encouragement for him, but for the most part, I'm just going to let Marco take him and Marco work with him. Um, I think that's, I think that's a coach that really trusts his assistant coaches. I think that's a coach who understands what a player needs and what a player doesn't need. Um, And I really, I I was very impressed um, with that, portion of his response as well and and the trust that they have in uh, trust he has in in all of his assistants yeah um and not that that they're going to try to do too much and and it's really nice when we're seeing something different 
elsewhere that uh, you have someone who's trusting their assistants to do the right thing. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so uh, you heard uh, JFL say that he was he had a big smile on his face, that he seemed to be, that Caden seemed to be really enjoying practice and so forth. Well, his teammate, Josh Brook, who was equally excited to be back in practice, uh, had uh, some very strong words to say about uh, one Caden Primo. I thought he was awesome. He came and he was doing shootouts with us after, and he was, he was smiling. He was, in, he was enjoying it. He's, he, he loves playing hockey. He's, uh, he's a great goaltender, and I, I think he's same Caden. He's, he's happy. He's awesome. Mentally, he's so strong. He's, he's so steady. He's like, you know what you're getting from him every day. Like, he's, he's an awesome guy, and uh, I can't say enough good things about him. He's, he's a great goaltender and uh, not worried one bit about him. And number one, did we say that Josh Burke was just really excited to be back <laughs> around the I team? That's what I mean. His whole <laughs> like, interview was like this. It was tremendous. You could have asked him about spinach and he would have been, know. it's the best vegetable ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I really, really nice compliments from Josh Brooke. I even said to J.F. Uhl, uh, who came to the mic afterwards, I said, Josh Brooke said that he's not worried one bit about Caden Primo and the uh, the end of Ool's comments after that clip of his had ended said, I'm going to agree with Josh Brooke and say I'm not worried about him either. So pretty good. Pretty mm-hmm. pretty good assessment overall. So we'll see. Uh, JF Ool has, uh, well, we know they're not playing uh, in Belleville now on Wednesday night. But even if they had, Caden Primo would not have been in net for that game. Uh, JF said that he'd like to... Have him spend the week with Marco, basically. Get back to the basics, get into practices. He said he wants, he needs to feel good himse- good about himself first before JF is going to put him in the net. So he he says maybe by the end of the week, he's just going to kind of see how things go. Uh, so we'll That's see. smart. I think so too. Um, no need to rush him. Kevin Polano do a, would do a serviceable job against Belleville, which they don't even have to worry about now because they're not playing that game. Um so we'll see if if they do play their games this weekend. It's possible that Caden Primo um, will play one of the two um, or not. We'll see. Uh, they play Friday and Sunday. Yeah, we're going to get to that in a little bit. Uh, speaking of Jean-Francois Uhl, um, <laughs> all of these things are happening, Rick. Uh, so Marty St. Louis gets announced as the interim head coach. Um, Chris G., was there uh, for the next Laval Rocket game uh, after Marty St. Louis came on board um, and talked to him, asked Jean-Francois Uhl uh, about some history he's got with Martin St. Louis, and here's what he said. Yep, uh, we've played together on the uh, Team Quebec Under-17. I also, we we had a pretty big rivalry with uh, Vermont University and Clarkson University for uh for four years. So uh, uh, Martin's an excellent player, an excellent person. Uh, I'm sure he's going to do well uh, as, a, as a coach. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to, to, to see him with this organization. Uh, J.F. Fool, just to sort out where everybody was, he crossed paths with, with Marty St. Louis um, uh, in the NCAA, the ECAC. Uh, J.F. Wool was the person at Clarkson. He mentioned the rivalry, Clarkson University. Marty was with the University of Vermont. And uh, yes, they went head head to head. uh, And it it was two schools where a rivalry existed. Um, Some intense uh, action. So um, just again, an aside that I thought it was extremely classy uh, the words that that JF will had for Marty St. Louis, uh, you could understand um, if he was uh, less than really enthusiastic about um, Marty St. Louis's uh, arrival, uh, St. Louis without any coaching experience. And uh, on the other hand, you have you have JF Wool with a ton of. Uh, coaching experience, uh, going back to to where he coached. He was an assistant coach uh, in at Clarkson in, in 2003. So he's been doing this an awful long time. And we've seen other, it's kind of normal for um, organizations in this situation in an interim basis to bring up their 
AHL head coach uh, to look after the team till the end of the season. The Canadians chose not to go that route. Uh, but still, like I say, I, I, I was impressed that, that we'll had some positive comments to say, uh, and wishing, uh, St. Louis well. Absolutely. Um, so speaking of Martin St. Louis, that brings us to our, our question that we're going to kind of discuss here today. Um, of course, everyone is excitedly focused on the fact that, um, you know, there are similarities in stature and in and in skill set between Martin St. Louis from when he was a player and and the likes of guys like Cole Caulfield right now. And we've all seen that Cole Caulfield finally got off the schneid uh, as soon as Martin St. Louis took over behind the bench. He's uh, scored a couple of goals, actually almost three. Uh, one of those got called back. Um, so the scoring touch uh, starting to come back for Cole Caulfield, which is uh, majorly, vastly, widely overdue. Uh, it's been quite a drought for him this season. I uh, can imagine it's been exceptionally frustrating. Um, but before Marty St. Louis was named as the interim head coach, there had been plenty of speculation running around for the last couple of weeks of whether or not after the All-Star break, if Cole Caulfield would be sent back down to Laval. Because that's how, because he wasn't scoring, he wasn't producing, and quite frankly, his defensive game has regressed. Um, and so now for some reason, Rick, uh, now that he's had a couple of goals and Cole Caulfield is smiling on the bench again, all, all speculation about that has gone out the window. There's not been a single mention of it now. It just seems to be uh, just the accepted unspoken fact that, okay, well, Martin St. Louis has fixed Cole Caulfield or is going to fix him. And it's better for him to just mentor Cole Caulfield in the NHL. And that's just what's going to happen. Um, I know you and I have a different opinion. We've talked a bit about this um, off the air. We've talked about it publicly in our, in our RSM team Slack channel with our other, with the other team members and so forth. And so we thought it would just be something to spend a couple of minutes exploring today. And remember, we'd love to hear you, our listeners, what you what you think. Should should Cole Caulfield come down, spend a bit of time with uh, J.F. Uhl again and try to, try to really shore up all aspects of his game? Um, you might... Let Rick and I talk about this for a moment and then and then shoot us a response uh, at the AHL report on Twitter. But uh, so, Rick, I'll start with you. I, you know, yes. And I said this on Saturday uh, on Canadians Connection. It's so wonderful to see Cole Caulfield smiling. It, it is. I mean, Cole Caulfield's a happy, a happy guy. Usually uh, he smiles a lot on the ice because he's used to scoring a lot. So really tremendous to see that energy come back for him. He's obviously excited about his new head coach, uh, someone that he idolized uh, growing up. He said, it's hard to believe that he's my head coach now. Happy for him for all of those things, but I have also not been able to get over the egregious defensive mistakes he's making in his own zone uh, the last few games, which is just like you can't, as I said on our team Slack, you can't be a one-trick pony. No, um, and and there's a bit of history to this going back to Wisconsin when um, you know we we saw Cole. I I fall. I watched every game. We we went and watched him in person, mm-hmm. um, For a and games, yeah. and um, you know there was everybody, including Caulfield, was saying that he deserved to be in in the NHL after his first season. Uh, of course, he didn't. He he was. He was all offensive focused, um, and uh, he needed to to do some work on his his uh, being a more complete player. Um, and Tony Granato knew that. Too. And Tony Granato said that and admitted that, and 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 worked on that during his second year. Um, and and you know his introduction to the NHL, I I think he played. He had to play more of under Claude Julian, a more uh, uh, complete game. And it's not, uh, I think there's a bit of a misnomer here that uh, you're not turning an offensive player into a, an Arturi Lekkanen. Or, no. You know, it's not that kind of situation. But the, uh, everybody, everybody on the ice has to be responsible and has to participate in their own end. And, and um, you know, the team depends on it, particularly this year when goaltending has been such a, an issue. 
Um, and and yes, we've seen this this love affair, uh, fans cheering on uh, the love affair between Marty St. Louis and, and Cole Caulfield. Cole Caulfield had number 26 uh, when he was young uh, mm-hmm. for his hero. Uh, Marty St. Louis, we've seen all the pictures of Marty with his arm around uh, Cole on the bench and giving him words of of wisdom. And but I mean, there's a, a number of things. Uh, St. Louis, yeah, he's a rookie. He's he's enthusiastic. Um, he's acting like a fan. He's happy to be there. Uh, but he's the coach of of all 23 players uh, on the roster. He, he can't he can't be uh, picking favorites um, like that. Um, and, and we saw that uh, in the first three games, of course, Cole Caulfield was playing on the, on the fourth line the first two games as he had been playing on the fourth line, getting, you know, 13 minutes a game thereabouts, uh, playing with uh, Ryan Paling, playing with Yol Armia, um, and uh, finally broke through and, and uh, uh, against Washington, got his second goal of the season. It was a power play goal, his first um, and, and, you know, it was, a um, a celebration for him. You said sure. how happy he was, uh, the big smile. He scored again, next game against Columbus, uh, made uh, a pretty important defensive miscue that, mm-hmm. that, and in a tight game, uh, that was a, a big mistake for Caulfield there. Uh, again, fourth line playing 13 minutes, and then the fan comes out uh, in in St. Louis doing what fans have wanted, and uh, flip flopped uh, Arturi Lekkinen from the uh, the first line to uh, the fourth, uh, Caulfield from the fourth to the first, um, and that didn't go well. It went <laughs> awful. Uh, it just went awful. Uh, Lekkinen has been um, responsible for the resurgence of. Uh, um, Suzuki and and Toffoli, the departed uh, uh, Toffoli, um, and that line together, Caulfield, uh, Suzuki, and and Toffoli, uh, were buried, absolutely buried by a, a very weak Buffalo team. Mm-hmm. Uh, prior to the Buffalo game, um, uh, Toffoli, Suzuki, and Caulfield had only played fifty nine minutes together this season at five on five, and they were awful. Goals for zero. Goals against four. Uh, their their uh, advanced metrics terrible. Um, on on Sunday it was even worse. Um, the three goals against uh, Caulfield was a minus three, and he was responsible to varying degrees for for each of the goals. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it just didn't go well at at all, and and of course that line didn't combine for any goals he, he he's just he's he's caught up in the hoopla of of yes his mentor is on the bench yes he's back on the first line and, and um, scoring a couple of goals and and previously scoring a couple of goals to um just completely abandon any kind of uh defensive game or complete game um and it it was it's this is this is not healthy for for a young player um, who loves to score, who gets very excited about scoring, uh, but needs to learn that, that um, th- there's, there's other things that you have to do while you're on the ice. And I think that's really the crux of it. So sure, Marty St. Louis can, can help inspire him and, and perhaps help him uh, find that scoring touch again. Um, but there has to be this focus on the defensive part of his game as well, particularly, as you said, it's not, it's been markedly bad the last few, few games that he's played. Uh, it's been getting worse and it has certainly gotten worse since his playoff appearance last year. Uh, he seems you even, you may have mentioned this, uh, it was either in our Slack channel or in one of the allhabs.net game recaps, uh, that he's, um, sliding back into old habits that he had when he was playing in the NCAA, and that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, so the question is, okay, yes, it's exciting to see Cole Caulfield starting to uh, produce again at the NHL level. It's exciting for fans to see Marty St. Louis excited about working with Cole Caulfield and 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 vice versa. Um but would he be better served going down and spending some time in the AHL and letting J.F. Wool 
We know that he naturally can score much more easily in the AHL, which will help get his production going again. We said when he went down to Laval earlier in the season that they recalled him too soon, uh, that he needed to be down there and dominating for a couple of weeks. And because of circumstances, he got yanked out of the AHL too soon. So coming down not only would help him really dominate on the scoring sheet again and get that groove back, but JFO would be sure to work on that defensive end of his game. So for me, I would like to see him back in Laval for a little while. And listen, if you're a fan who needs instant gratification, and and uh, then then you're going to argue for him to stay in the NHL, and and you want to see him make those highlight reel kind of uh, goals. Um, but if you think you know, and, and I understand that that Marty St. Louis can help that along. He can he can inject energy. He can be inspirational. He can give uh, that that sugar rush, that temporary sugar rush to uh, a Cole Caulfield. But if you're if you're really interested in his uh, long term career, his his um, you know that that he's going to be a complete player, a scorer for sure, uh, but that that can be put out and and trusted uh, at any time. Um, then you're going to want to see him go back to Laval, uh, possibly uh, for the rest of the season, uh, to to really work on his complete game. Here's the other reason why that could be very advantageous to Cole Caulfield. We just saw Tyler Toffoli just got traded away to the Calgary Flames. Uh, we just saw him today in Calgary, talking about how happy he was to be there and excited to play, quote, meaningful hockey again. Cole Caulfield might be having some some small measures of newfound success right now in the NHL with the Montreal Canadiens. But Laval is actually in a playoff position. Laval is sitting in third in the division, sixth overall in the conference. They are... They are particularly after their three wins against Syracuse last week, they're solidly in a playoff position right now. Um, Everyone in that locker room that we speak to uh, from the Laval Rocket is excited about the team. They keep saying that they keep getting better as the season progresses. Um, It is, they, they, they all truly believe that they are going to be in a playoff position come the end of the regular season. So Cole Caulfield could come down to Laval Again, dominate on the scoring sheet like he's done in his very brief AHL stints uh, in the past, the two times in his pro career so far that he's been in the AHL. He could work a ton on his defensive game, and he could be playing meaningful hockey, pushing towards a playoff run, and then potentially start uh, getting some Calder Cup playoff experience, which would do him a world of good. Um Yes, he had experience going to the Stanley Cup final last year, but anyone who plays hockey professionally will tell you any kind of playoff you can experience you can get, get it when you can get it. And and just a reminder that his second season at the University of Wisconsin, um, it, it was a bitter ending to that season. That was a team uh, that, that was expected to go all the way. Uh, Caulfield expected it. The teammates expected it. Granado expected it. And they, they had a, 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 a bitter end, a quick end to their season. Uh, and, and Caulfield immediately came uh, to uh, Laval for a short period and then, and then to Montreal. Um, did he play a, 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 a critical, a, a meaningful role uh, during the Canadian Stanley Cup run? Well, no, and 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 he shouldn't be criticized. Uh, he wasn't expected to, uh, but if he can play a key role, uh, that'll be you know amazing for his development. Um, and and he hasn't had that. He hasn't had that experience yet. Um, and and. Uh, it's interesting, uh, something that Daryl Sutter said um, uh, made the distinction. It's one thing for players to have experience. It's a completely different thing for them to have winning experience. That's right. Here, I'll add one more reason. You talk about if he can have a, a positive role, a major role. Right now, uh, we're about to get to this in the injury update. Alex Belzeal's injury has been downgraded to being out for two weeks to now he's expected to be out for a month. No, that doesn't get you to the end of the regular season, but it gets you awfully close. Alex Belzeal is counted on in Laval to score goals and to score goals from the point on the power play. Those are the two things that Alex Belzeal does a lot of. 
Uh, with him not there, it's a bit, JF Wool has talked about what a big loss that is for the team. Do you not think Cole Caulfield could come in and fill that role and then pair and then be another asset when Belzeal's back and healthy? Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of re- if you if you if you do the old fashioned make two columns pros and cons and you make a list of all the pros and the cons of sending Cole Caulfield to Laval potentially maybe even for the rest of the season. I guarantee you the pros list is going to vastly outweigh the cons list. And just um, to get back to the breaking news that that we had off the top of the show, obviously we're not uh, advocating that you throw Cole Caulfield into whatever situation is happening uh, right now uh, with Lavelle. With COVID. uh, With COVID. Um, that, that, that's not our, we, we recognize that that's how we're talking in a more general sense once that's all, uh, complete and sorted out. That's right. So there you have it. <laughs> what do you think? Have we changed your mind? Uh, do you agree? Do you disagree? We would love to hear from you. Tweet to us at the AHL report on Twitter, uh, or the AHL report on Facebook, uh, of course, uh, you can always text us on the Rocket Sports text line. That's 5853-ROCKET. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, genuinely, uh, do you think Cole Caulfield is better served to stay in the NHL for the rest of the season? Or do you think it would be advantageous for him to go down to Laval for a little while? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, all right. So um, did mention... Uh, Alex Belzeal downgraded to being out for at least a month. Uh, Gianni Fairbrother, Lucas Venomo, both still out at this time as well. Um, one other thing, Rick, before we go, we should mention, we've talked about the fact that Tyler Toffoli got shipped out. Major trade that uh, Kent Hughes and, and Jeff Gordon put together uh, just yesterday. First big trade in advance of the trade deadline. Um getting some some things in return, but one of them is a prospect. Uh, Emil Heinemann. Uh, do we have any information about him just off off the cuff? Well, he's uh, someone who was selected in the 2020 draft, uh, 43rd overall by the Florida Panthers. Um, he was included in the in the trade uh, with with Calgary, uh, made his way to Calgary, and now um, is to coming to Montreal. So you might some might say. Um, oh, gee, um, you know, he's been moved around a lot. But uh, in, in each case, he was the guy that, that uh, uh, the teams wanted. And the Canadians really wanted him. Um, you know, you, you look at, at the list of, of Calgary uh, prospects, uh, Jacob Pelche, all the Canadians. Said, why didn't you get, why didn't they get Jacob Pelche? Well, it would be like... Um, it would be like teams coming to the Canadians uh, for Caden Gooley. I would hope that 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 he's an untouchable and and that uh, the conversation ends. Same thing when you're talking about uh, Calgary. But with respect to uh, Emil, he was on the Canadians' radar. He was thought of highly by their Swedish scout. Uh, when Trevor Timmons and and uh, Shane Churla were were keeping an eye on, uh, they had picks 47 and 48 uh, in that draft in the second round, I believe. Um, they were, you know, they were hoping to be able to select him with one of those picks. Unfortunately, he went a couple of picks ahead uh, to Florida. So um, he's he's the kind of guy that um, you know he's he's got he's kind of a nice package uh, decent hockey sense decent skating uh, decent skill um, but a real high compete level um, and 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 so you know he's a prospect he's playing in the SHL right now um, don't expect that he's going to come, turn pro uh, come to to uh, to North America anytime soon Um but he's the kind that would be a nice piece, maybe a middle six kind of winger. Uh, lots of comparisons to to Arturi Lekkinen. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to go there right now. And uh, I, I think we'll we'll spend a little bit my, more time talking about this on the Canadians Connection on yeah, Saturday. That sounds great. So be sure you tuned in. Tune in for that. Subscribe if you're not already. Uh, it's going to be a, a great episode 
as usual. Uh, all right, right now we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsors over at DraftKings. And when we come back, we're going to go around the AHL and actually beyond. We're going to catch you up on how the Habs prospects are doing in the Winter Olympics men's ice hockey tournament over in Beijing. So stay with us. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to The Press Zone here on Rocket Sports Radio. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. Now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or over. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text to the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. And welcome back to episode 244 of The Press Zone right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Thanks so much to our sponsors, DraftKings, for that great incentive. Be sure to take advantage of that. Use promo code THPN. Um, We're glad that you're here. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. I know I mentioned this a couple of times in the first segment, but one more time. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at the AHL Report. That's where you'll get all of our live in-game updates of Laval Rocket games when they're happening. You'll get game recaps there, as well as all sorts of other content at the AHL Report. Uh, You can also be sure you're following the fan page, uh, the AHL Report fan page on Facebook. the All Habs YouTube channel over at YouTube, youtube.com slash All Habs. Make sure you subscribe over there as well. Uh, when it comes to the podcasts, make sure you're subscribed both to this to this podcast and the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, give us a rating if you're an Apple podcast listener or a Spotify listener. And uh, we're just very, uh, very glad to have you with us here in this segment. We just want to get you caught up in some other Habs prospect related news. Uh, Rick, the Beijing Olympics are going on. Winter Olympics are going on right now. Uh, It looks like the quarterfinals uh, are set. The USA is going to play Slovakia. Uh, The ROC or Team Russia is going to be playing Denmark, which means that's Frederick Decal's team right there. Finland is going to face off against Switzerland and the Swedes and Canadians uh, will be uh, rounding out the quarterfinals. So we're getting into the games that really count. Um, And so uh, Decal and Sean Farrell are the Habs prospects playing right now. And let me tell you, uh, both have been doing uh, pretty well. Mm -hmm. Um, Decal's the youngest on his team. He's only, he's played one game, um, but Denmark overall has done pretty well. They've won three of their four games. They just they were shut out two to nothing against Russia. Uh, but Decal did pretty well in in his outing. Sean Farrell, on the other hand, uh, three goals and three assists. Uh, that six points puts him in second place for points overall in the tournament. Second only to Adam Tambellini, um, who has seven points. So Sean Farrell doing a pretty darn good job for the U.S. As he did in the USHL, as he did in the NCAA. So good to see that's continuing. Absolutely. And uh, we'll see how how the quarterfinals go. Um, I think the U.S.-Slovakia game should be um, 
let's put it this way. I think the Sweden-Canada game is going to be a bit more competitive than the, than the U.S.-Slovakia game, but you never know. These You never know in these tournaments. You just never know. So it will be interesting to see how those all play out. Uh, as far as Ro- Laval Rocket coverage for this week, well, we thought we were going to bring you coverage of tomorrow night's game in Belleville. However, as we said at the top of the show, that has been postponed due to COVID protocols affecting the Laval Rocket, four players and one staff member. Uh, at this point in time, we don't know if that's going to be the sole postponement for the week. We certainly hope so. We don't want to go down this road again. Uh, so as it stands right now, there are two more games still on the schedule. Um Actually, I'm going to amend that and say three before we meet again. Uh, They play in Syracuse on Friday night. They play in Rochester Sunday afternoon at three o'clock. And they play Monday afternoon in Toronto against the Marlies at three o'clock. That's one of those daytime uh, matinee games on a school day. Uh, So... Plenty of Laval Rocket coverage uh, on on the schedule. Uh, as I said, be sure to check out AHLReport.com for all of our game recaps, um, as well as uh, this week's edition of AHL Weekly will be brought to you by yours truly. Maria's uh, working hard uh, at university this week, so uh, I'll have the AHL Weekly post for you coming out later today. Uh, Patrick Williams will have another under-review article for us this week. Uh, That usually comes out on Wednesdays. If you didn't catch his article under review last week, I highly recommend you check it out. It's all about how, uh, just how much uh, the NHL taxi squads really affected uh, AHL coaches and teams and rosters. It was a really interesting read. And Rick, I get to join you again on the Canadians Connection podcast on Saturday. That's fabulous. (laughs) <laughs> Do you promise that we're not getting up as early? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, actually, the Habs and the Rocket are both off on Saturday. Nice. What is everyone going to do with their Saturday night? Listen to the Canadians Connection, uh, then listen to the Press Zone and all the back episodes. Oh, you're good. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> yes, tune into the Canadians Connection on Saturday afternoon. Uh, I will be pleased to be joining... Uh, Rick Stevens uh, there for another great episode of that. And uh, yeah, we'll have who we seem to say it every week. Uh, Maybe we'll just be talking about hockey games next week, but it seems a whole lot of other news happens during the week these days. So we'll see if there's more trades. We'll see if there's more drama. Uh, But one thing you can be sure of is we will be back here again next Tuesday for another great episode of the press zone. Patrick Williams will be back with us next week for the AHL hot stove. And uh, it might just be a special edition. Mm. Ding, ding, ding. We'll see. We'll see. We've got some things in the works, right. so I don't want to give away too much uh, until everything is firmed up and in place, but it, it, it's one you're not going to want to miss regardless. So uh, Rick, thanks for being here today. Thanks for another great episode. Thank you too. See you Saturday. See you Saturday. And we'll see all of you uh, back here next Tuesday for another great episode of The Press Zone right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit ahlreport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.